You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Cora, Rebecca, team, thank you so much. And uh, those of you that, yeah, why not? Yeah. We thank God for an incredible team here uh, working so hard, bringing ministry, bringing the life of God. And uh, we're so grateful. And I just want to extend my welcome to you that are joining us online in this moment. And a special welcome to those of you that are in the room. We are about 120 here. This is our biggest congregation we've had for 14 months. And, uh, and you can feel it. And I'm excited. And I uh, just want to let you know, our current thinking is uh, we've got one service next Sunday, uh, 10 o'clock live stream. And then the current thinking is, although we're not opening up seats until next Sunday, is from the 30th of May for four Sundays before we get into step four, if the roadmap out of lockdown holds, we'll be running two in-person services, 10 o'clock and probably 12.15. We'll confirm that next Sunday just to create more space for in-person. And we'll encourage you, if you've not come back yet, then when we open those up, do book in. And that's the direction of travel here. Also, I want to say a massive thank you to all of you that are involved in giving faithfully, sowing into the life and ministry here, speaking to other church leaders this week who have part-time members of ministry teams on furlough. And I'm just so grateful that through the whole of the last few months, we've not to furlough any church staff, but able to put all of our energies behind ministries and mission online within the restrictions, but to keep moving the vision forward. Uh, also, this week, want to let you know uh, we've sown a thousand pounds out of our missions budget into AOG's India appeal. I know the situation in India is uh, is a huge burden to many, and especially those that have family and friends in India. And do keep the nation of India in prayer at this time. And we've just contributed uh, a little bit towards that offering, working with churches on the ground in India in response to the COVID crisis there. And uh, also we found ourselves in a unique opportunity this week that I'm super excited about, uh, which is that uh, our our denomination, Assemblies of God, uh, are partnering with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Now, Wycliffe do an unbelievable job of getting the Bible into uh, all the languages, trying to get all the languages, literally, so there's not uh, a person in the world who could not access the Bible. And one of their projects, they just needed another push. I mean, these projects translating the Bible, they take years. But it needed 15,000 pounds to get this thing finished to reach 11 million people in the north of Africa, where there is a traditional Bible in the, the traditional language of that nation, which is not really the language which is spoken and used by the common people of that nation. And so the local dialect that reaches is really the language of 11 million people is being translated not only into a physical Bible, but also an audio Bible. And it needed another 15,000 pounds. And AOG had had sought to raise some money. They got up to 12,000. I spoke to the uh, director of missions on Friday, and we put in the final 3,000 pounds to get it there um, out of our vision offering, which is really like an easy, easy win. It's like being a substitute and coming on in the last minute and scoring the winning goal. So um, just super excited to be involved and just to play our part in reaching millions of people. How cool is that? Uh, what a privilege. And thank you because it's your giving that means that when these things come, we're in a position to not say we'd love to do something, but we can't. To say, yes, we can. Let's move things forward. Um, also, just want to come on the back of what has been said already in the notices about prayer. 
I don't know if you realize, but in, in times of transition, things often get repositioned. Some of you, you work for companies, and, and a company buyout will come in and buy out your company, and almost always there's a, there's a management restructure. In times of transition, things get repositioned, and I am conscious that as we come out of lockdown, there is a battle on, as there always is, but an intensity and a poignancy of the season over our nation and over our people which is why I want to urge us, we are a praying congregation, we're always going to value prayer, but not to let these moments pass us by, joining with City Praise and Prayer tonight, this week in three days of prayer and fasting, open heaven as we prayer walk the city. Last last, uh, year, we developed this app, many of you were involved in Open Heaven Coventry, June 2020, and there was never a plan for this to become an annual event, but in conversations as church leaders across the city, including Bishop Christopher, Father Tom Farrell, who's the Catholic Dean. Many of us feel in that sense of urgency of saying, right now, this is such a poignant moment. We need to build on the prayers of last year and cover our city again. And so when that comes, uh, the app will probably go live end of this month for June. And uh, just encourage us to be involved. This is time for us to engage in a battle for the souls of our city and our nation. And somebody said... Amen. Amen. Why don't you turn with me to a psalm that has already popped up in the YouTube chat, one of the best loved, arguably the best known of the psalm, Psalm 23, and we are going to read this as our text for today. Um, This week, I have had one of the verses, verse 4, in my spirit, and it has not left me alone. It's like it's been saying, preach me, preach me, and uh, I've had to just get alone with God to say, what do you want me to bring out of this word? But let's read the whole of this psalm today. This is what the Bible says. It should come up on your screen if you don't have a Bible with you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This verse number four really is so in line with what we have sung and what we have declared today and even the prophetic flow that has come. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they bring comfort to me. If you want a title for today, it is this, even though, even though, can we say in the room, even though? Even though, why do you say it at home where you are though? I can't hear you. Even though, even though. And as I've meditated on this, I've been struck by the potential for our faith to impact our facts, which will in turn change our feelings, for our faith to impact our facts that will impact our feeling. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the facts of his life, the circumstances of his life, even though I am in this situation, facts. I I will fear no evil feelings. Why? Because of my faith, because you are with me. Because he had faith, he was able to put an even though onto his facts, which impacted 
his feelings. Without God, all we have are our facts and our feelings. All we have are the circumstances of our life and how we're going to respond to them. And without God, we're prone to be, to be tossed around by the circumstances of life and hostage to our emotions. And the, the details of life, what happens, will end up dictating how we feel and how we live. And ultimately, we could end up living our lives out of our emotions. And so we can get up in the morning and the sun is shining, shining and we feel great. Or we get up and it's raining and we feel depressed. We're going on holiday and we're super happy. We come back from holiday and we're feeling a bit low. The facts of life and the, the feelings of life. We can get paid, a paycheck comes in and I feel okay about my finances. Or a bill drops on the mat and I'm suddenly afraid about my finances. Tossed around. I'm feeling well and I'm at peace. Or I'm feeling sick and I've lost my peace. Like Jonah who a vine, the Bible says, grew up and provided shade for him. And the Bible says he was very happy about the vine. The next day, God sent a worm and it chewed up the vine. He said he was so angry he wanted to die. I mean, I don't know if there's any high drama people in the room, you know, like Jonah. You're like very happy and then the next day you're so angry you could die. You know, this is, do we get some emotional people? I feel like Jonah needed a little perspective, but the, the comforting thing is that he was God's chosen instrument. And God used him in spite of his emotions. Some people will always see the bad in stuff, the, the half-empty brigade, who will use phrases like, there's nothing worse. Have you noticed that? And people normally, when they say there's nothing worse, there's normally plenty worse. They'll say, oh, there's nothing worse than the glare of the sun. And yet, if you've grown up in Britain like me, you would love the glare of the sun. Or they say, there's nothing worse than a cold sausage roll. And you kind of, I always feel like saying, how about a severed limb? Or, a, you know, a, anyway. There's plenty worse. But the truth is, our lives can include many genuine, real challenges. I'm so conscious, even in the prophetic flow this morning, the, the need, God ministering his comfort, his grace to a people that are hurting, to a people that are grieving. I, I'm a, acutely aware at this season, God wanted to pour out his balm, his oil, his healing, his restoration on his people. We can go through all manner of challenges, sickness and financial issues, conflict, Pressure, concerns about family members, be that children or, or parents. For some of you, the pressure of deadlines and exams and assignments, difficulties at work, argumentative neighbors. We, we had a hostile neighbor in when we first got married and an adjoining wall who used to bang on the wall and shout through the wallers. I want to tell you, it was not nice. These can be the facts of life, the things we walk through, the realities, the circumstances of our lives, the stuff of life. And right now, for all of us, the uncertainty of the season. I've heard it said that we need two things in life. Firstly, we need certainty. In life. We, need, we need some things to be fixed. We need some points of reference. We need to be able to get up in the morning and, and know where the coffee cupboard is. We, we need certain things that are certain around our lives. But the second thing we need is uncertainty. Because if everything was certain, our lives would be so unexciting and we need some possibility and prospect. But I don't think we need the amount of uncertainty we've been living through in the last year, do you? 
And even now, 14 months of isolation and the prospect of re-entry, questions around the Indian variant and so on and so on. Hear me. I'm not today advocating the denial of our facts or our feelings. I've met Christians with streaming colds who will say, I do not have a cold in Jesus' name. And it's like, no, no, you, you do have a cold, but God is with you and you will come through. I do not. But no, you do. And I know some people as well who will deny their genuine emotions. They'll say, I'm fine, and you know they're not fine. Sometimes part of being healthy is being able to process, not bury our negative emotions. We are human. Part of awareness is being able to articulate how we feel. Some of us, we're not reflective people, and and people will ask us, how are you doing really? And we go, I have no idea. I haven't checked in on myself. I'm like, I don't, I don't really, th- let me have a think. I'm not sure how I'm doing. Or in the last year, if people have asked me and really probed, I'll say, well, it depends which window you look through. Because from this window, I'm the most blessed person on earth. I've got nothing to complain about. But through this window, this has been the toughest year of my life. And I'm not schizophrenic. Like, this is the reality of our feelings. Some experiencing serious loss, bereavement, and all the many different emotions that are associated with healthy grief that we will do well to allow and not deny or suppress. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking today about the normal journey of life and whether facts and feelings are all we've got. Or whether we've got a for you are. Whether we're just going to live out of the facts and our feelings like, like the world that doesn't have God or we're going to recognize we have a for you are. We have something else. We have a for our God reigns. We, we have a confession. We have a reality. We have a promise. And most importantly, we have a person who changes the facts. Doesn't necessarily remove the facts, but actually they get put in their proper place because of the person. Is God in the mix? You may be sick, but you have a healer. You may be broke, but you have a provider. You may be grieving, and you have a comforter. You may be alone, but you have one that has promised to never leave you nor forsake you, that has said, I will be with you. Can we say with you? I will be with you even to the end of the age. You may be... Facing opposition, but you have a protector. You may be in trouble, but you have a deliverer. David shares what he's walking through. Don't know what you're walking through right now. Most of us, we're walking through stuff. And David says, even though I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Please get this today, because this is the message. Because David had a for you are, His facts got an even though, which changed his feelings. Let let me try over here. Because because David had a for you are, because he understood that God was with him, he was able to put an even though in the midst of what he was walking through. He was still walking through it, but it became even though. And because there was an even though, because of the one who was walking with him, his feelings were impacted. And I want to ask us today, have we got an even though, because we've got a for you are. 
It's all about who he is. You see, David says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Let me tell you, that's not a place in Israel. That was a season of his life when he's been hunted down like an animal. Where Saul, the the king of Israel, is trying to kill him. He doesn't know if he's going to see the light of day tomorrow. But even though he's walking through that, he's able to say, for you are with me. Therefore, he had an even though over his facts. And he was able to say, I will fear no evil. Let me suggest to us that if there was not a for you are, then he would be saying, I am walking through the, fa- the, the valley of the shadow of death and I am afraid. Because he wouldn't be normal to not be afraid if he's being hunted down, if his life is at risk, if he's trying to get some rest, so he puts his head down on a rock at night when he's on the run and he doesn't know if he's actually going to see the light of day in the morning. But instead he's able to say, for you are with me. He's able to say, your rod and your staff, they come for me. These pictures of the, the staff that, that pulls, the, the rescues that pulls the sheep out of the briars when they get stuck in, that guides and that leads, the, the rod that beats off those that would come against the sheep, that is used to count the sheep and speaks of the personal care of the shepherd. He says, oh, these things are a comfort to me. For you are the one who brings comfort to me to know that you are with me. What happens when we have a for you are is our facts get put in their place. It doesn't change that they exist, but they get put in their place. Instead of them being over us, that they become under us. I think this is what the Bible means when it says we are more than conquerors uh, through him who loved us. It doesn't mean that everything gets removed when we come to Christ, but I think it means that the things that would come against us and would determine our emotions, actually they are put in their rightful place because of the one who is. I remember an unexpected council tax bill of a couple of thousand pounds landing on, in an envelope on my doormat. I don't know if, you, if, if it's just me, but sometimes you get a letter, and it's not a letter you normally get, and you look at it, you go, hmm, that looks suspicious. And it's like it was one of those for me where I kind of, hmm, th- this, this looks suspicious. And I opened it up, and, and, it, and it said, you owe this amount. Now, I didn't think that I did owe that amount. But it was one of those letters. It was not positioned nicely like this could be our mistake here. It was like, you owe this, and if you don't pay within this, we'll take you to court letter. And immediately, you know, like fear can sometimes come and kick your door down. I, I remember like immediately feeling fearful. But then I remembered I had to get in the place of prayer. I remembered I had one who had promised to deliver me. This poor man called on the Lord, and he heard him, and he delivered him out of all his troubles. This is my God. This is the, the poor man. Many times God has been my deliverer. Many times I've been the one who's had to cry out to the Lord. This poor man called on the Lord. And my testimony is he heard me and he delivered me out of all my troubles. And I came again in that moment to the one who'd also promised to be Jehovah Jireh. The one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The the one whose arm is never too short. The one who said, I see and I see to it. And as I rehearsed the promise of God, as I found my for you are, I was able to put an even though over the letter. Even though I have received a letter for a bill I can't pay, I will not be afraid, for I have one who will deliver me. Now, as it turned out, it was a mistake, and I didn't have to pay anything. But in those moments, we have to find a for you are. 
Besides, it's in the valleys that we find God, isn't it? I said, it's in the valleys that we find God, isn't it? It's, isn't it in the valleys that we, we find him more than we tend to? I love the mountain. Who loves the mountaintop? But, but actually, do we not tend to find him in the valley? We find some things out about him in the valley, that's for sure. Where we're able to say, not you're my deliverer because we read it in the Bible, but because he delivered us. Where he turns our theology into our experience. We don't want the valley, we don't wish for the valley, we don't pray for the valley, but we end up grateful for the valley because we find something there. David's able to say, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. How can he say that? Because he walked through the valley of the shadow of death and his God delivered him. We have something to find. We have to be under attack to find that God is our protector. We have to go through sickness sometimes to find that he is my healer. Sometimes I might have to lose my job for me to really know that he is my provider because when I needed it, he came through for me. It's in the valley when the enemy comes against me that I know I have one who raises up a standard against the one who comes against me. This is my God. Do you notice that valleys are for walking through even though I walk why don't we say through? Even though I walk through. Even though I, I, the valley is not a destination. We walk through the destination. But I've come to recognize this, that if my feelings are out of whack with the word of God, I've come to know this, that I have something to find. Let me say it again. I, I, I've come to know this, that if my feelings are out of whack with the word there is something to find. And I'm not here to bully anyone today, but I want to suggest to you that if you find your feelings are out of whack with the word, there's something to find. There's something to find here. There's a for you are to find here. Because this is what happens. And God won't come and condemn you. He won't come after you. He won't brutalize you. But let me tell you, there's something to find. There's a clue the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, I have been times in my life where I have been anxious and I have not had the peace of God. But in that moment, I've got a choice. I can either say the Bible doesn't know what it's talking about. I, I can say, it's all right for, for God, but he doesn't, if he knew my situation, he wouldn't have written that because he's never known anxiety like this anxiety. He clearly was not living in 2021 and neither did he foresee it because I have anxiety that clearly is not catered for here. Or I can say, maybe there's something to find here. Maybe there's something to find here. Maybe I could find this to be true here or else we we pretend it's not the word of God we blame Paul Paul wrote it didn't he Paul must be Paul it's all right for Paul I mean what did he know about anxiety he was only beaten within an inch of his life shipwrecked imprisoned in threat of his life had the burden of all the churches what did he know about anxiety oh it's Paul 
Hmm, interesting. Maybe there's something to find here. I remember when I first stepped into Christian ministry, I, I was given a very, very big portfolio of work that was a stretch. It was probably the work of two people, but it was my job spec. And within two months, the church administrator, which is a full-time role, went on maternity leave, and I was asked to pick up her responsibilities as well. So I now really had three people's work. And some of the things that I was involved with ministry-wise started to grow and flourish and blossom and became even more burdensome. And the truth was, I just had too much. And I found myself saying, on a, on a fairly regular basis, I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. Now, I'm not... I'm not saying this is an excuse for bad leadership or management, that that was the right situation. But I remember saying and hearing myself say, I feel overwhelmed and, and starting to think, this can't be good, this can't be right. Because my Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My Bible says my, my yoke should be easy and my burden should be light, but right now I feel weighed down like a pack animal. I feel overwhelmed. The Bible says, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. And yet I was feeling anxious. I was feeling stressed. Now hear me right. The situation did need sorting out, but I, I realized I was feeling something that I shouldn't be feeling. And I had something to find. You know, for me, what I, what I found was Isaiah 43. And those are, we've just sung it. I will not be overwhelmed. I said to Mark, like, because Mark selected these songs over a week ago. I didn't know what I was going to preach on. This is the word of the Lord. And these words became life to me. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And it was a promise that I would not be overwhelmed. I would pass through the rivers, but they would not sweep over me. Literally, there was a promise from God that I would not be overwhelmed. So I started to change my confession. I found a for you are. And I was able to say, even though I have a lot on my plate, I will not be overwhelmed. For you are the one who has promised you're going to walk with me through the river. And whatever it is you might be going through, God is with you. There is something to find. There is a for you are. And when we find a for you are, we can put an even though on our facts. And let me say this, and why doesn't the band come and join me as we bring this message into land? The truth is now, 20 years on from that situation in Christian leadership, I have come to believe this, that in the assignment God has given me, which is different for your assignment, you'll have different requirements. I think the two things actually which could put a ceiling on how God could use me, what he could put through my hands, beside me compromising my Christian character, are faith and capacity. Faith and capacity. And actually, I look back and realize in the valley, God was not only putting me there to find something, He was actually stretching me. He was growing me. He was enlarging me. He was increasing my capacity for tomorrow. And I say that to say this, sometimes your valley is connected to your destiny. Let me say that again. Sometimes your valley is connected to your destiny. The thing you're walking through right now that you want to get out of, find it for you, but also know probably your valley is linked to your tomorrow of what God is doing today in the trial of today. He is forging for something down the line where He's going to use you because this is how God works. I wonder in the room if we can stand together, maybe at home, prepare your heart. 
as we come to pray, maybe you feel fearful. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe today you feel anxious or you feel low. And I have not come at all to condemn anyone. But I've come to say, will you find your for you are? Will you find the comforter? Will you find the promise? Will you find the one who strengthens? Will you find the deliverer? Will you find the protector? Will you find the creator? Will you find the one who is watching over your life? Because if you find your for you are, your circumstances, your facts, they'll get an even though, and it will change your emotions. It will change your feelings. So we can say, even though what I had planned is in tatters, I will not fear the worst. For you are faithful. And you're the one who said you're working together for good in all things. For those who love you and are called according to your purpose, even though I may have a diagnosis that I didn't want, I will not be afraid. For you are Jehovah Rapha. And you are the one in whose my times are, where my life is placed. You're watching over me. Even though some things that I prayed for didn't get answered in the way that I wanted, I will not give up. For you are the one whose ways are higher than my ways and whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Even though there's too much month at the end of the money, I will not fear. For you are Jehovah Jireh. And you do own the cattle on a thousand hills. And you have promised to provide and to see and to see to it. Even though I will, for you are. Even though I will, for you are. And if you haven't got this yet, the key is in the for you are. The key is, is I, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me vision to see things like you do. Because if I do, then my circumstances will have an even though. And as we come into this final song, which is a declaration of who God is, a celebration of who He is, I encourage you to enter in, to sing it out, to speak it out. And in there to let faith arise, to find a for you are, to be reminded you have one with you who will never leave you nor forsake you, one who is able to do all things. Church here, in the, in the room and online, why don't we begin to pray, begin to speak out His name, begin to lift your own voice as I lead us. God, we thank You that You are awesome and You are with us. We thank You, Lord, in the circumstances that can at times come and overwhelm us. We can find a for You are. You are the lifter of our heads. Lord, we thank You for this psalm that says You've set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And goodness and love will pursue us all the days of our lives. And so we come to you. We pray, let faith arise. Let us approach today and approach tomorrow through the lens that we have one who is higher. We come to the rock that is higher than I. And let us walk through our facts and walk with our feelings, with the context and the framework of who you are. And as we do that, May our lives bring glory back to you. In Jesus' name, let's worship.